Whose kid is that? <clears throat> Morning, guys. Hey, uh, thank you again, uh, Tina, for sharing. Where'd you go? There you are. Um, and thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. And thank you for being here uh, with us. This morning, we are finding ourselves in the, uh, the last part of a 15-week series. And um, actually, before I get into that, I need to just tell um, Todd, I'm hearing some feedback up here that is messing with my brain. And I just want to, I know you probably can't hear it back there, but it's, it's going to ruin my life. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Um, we're in the last part of a 15-week series called These Words, and it's really a, a, a sermon series that was built around Jesus speaking to a multitude of people who didn't really know what he had to say and were kind of confused about his authority to say anything. And they found themselves sitting there listening to this guy speak for a long time. He kept kind of talking. It's one of the longest sermons um, that Jesus ever gave is right here, the Sermon on the Mount. It's not even as long as what I speak, so it's amazing. You wonder, man, maybe I should have been in Bible times. There's another reason they give shorter sermons then. And so the people are listening to Jesus speak, and he's saying things that really kind of amaze them, and, you know, this is what's happening um, in, in the time of Jesus. So we've covered a lot over the last, you know, 15, 14 weeks. Today is week 15. And before we get into the final, final, final thing um, for this morning, I want to give you a little bit of a commercial break in here in the message. So imagine that your drama that you're watching on TV has just come to a suspenseful pause and you wonder what's going to happen and now rolls in a commercial. And here's the commercial. Next week, because I want you to know where we're going with our messages in the coming couple weeks. Next week, Pastor Joel is going to come and bring a message to us. The week after that, two weeks from now, um, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to share with you um, some core values at GPC. Um, we have been working hard in the last couple months to revise our core values. And you might think, well, what's the point of that? You know, how exciting could that be? I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, I, I'm pretty enthused by, by what we see happening around us. Core values are not something that we create and ask you to buy into. Rather, core values are things that we see happening here that we try to put into words. So it's not something we're asking you to buy, it's something we think we're seeing. So we want to kind of share that with you, where we are as a church. It's a standalone message. Now, three weeks from now, then, we're going to roll into this series on heaven. This is a mini-series. This will be a two-part mini-series. And I tell you this because over the course of the next couple of weeks, you might run into people like I have um, who could benefit from knowing, okay, hey, this is what we're doing at Grace Point Church. We're going to have a two-week mini-series, if you will, on heaven. And really, you're going to kind of want to know um, if you ever wanted to know what will heaven be like, um, will I know my friends and family, what will my body be like, what will it be like in eternity, we have no idea, but we're going to talk about it anyway, uh, none of us have ever been there, but we're going we're gonna to kind of explore some of the biblical foundations of what we can know about heaven and what in the world it means, so that's, that's three weeks from now, that would be March uh, 17th, if I'm not mistaken, March 17th, a two-part miniseries on heaven, Okay. Commercial is now over. Welcome back to these words. These words um, have been leading us up to this final dramatic ending in which Jesus gives us uh, really a song, uh, in a sense, that has a, a message that has turned into a song, a children's song. And it's a song that we've sung together a couple times, but I thought, I thought this would be perhaps the best way to introduce this part of the, uh, the text to you this morning, and that is by allowing one person who sings it well to sing to you this song that Jesus gives to us this morning in Matthew chapter 7. The wise men built this house on the rock. The wise men built 
his house from the rock. The wise man built his house from the rock, and the rain came tumbling down. The rain came down, and the flood came up. The rain came down, and the flood came up. The rain came down, and the flood came up. In the house, I want to dream. The foolish man built his house from the sand. The foolish man built his house from the sand. The foolish man built his house from the sand. And the rain came tumbling down. The rain came down, and the flood came up. The rain came down, and the flood came up. The rain came down, and the flood came up. In the house, I'm going to smash. And this is why Jesus gave us Matthew 7, 23 to 29, uh, just for this very reason that Bible schools around the world would never lack for great songs to sing. If you have your Bible, I invite you to turn there, Matthew chapter 7, verses 23, excuse me, 24 to 29. If you don't have a Bible with you, there's one near you in the pew around you. It's on page 788 or 939, 788 or 939. If you don't own a Bible, that Bible is our gift to you. You can have that. You can take that with you, read that, engage that, find the life of God within those pages as we talk about there. We're getting into this, this um, part of the Bible that's very well known to people who've been in church, and it, it is really the origin of this song, the wise man, the foolish man, the house built on the sand, the house built on the rock. And I, I've talked about this over and over and over again as I've introduced these messages, that this is what we're coming to. And indeed, today we come to this passage that you've already heard me talk about. Um, so in a way, it's going to be very simple this morning. And you might think, man, this guy gets paid to say something that I can read? What's up with that? This is so simple. But the simple things are often the hardest things, aren't they? The simple things are often the hardest things to do. But here's what we know. That what I hope for you is that when you look at this passage, when we look at this passage together this morning, that you can have, you can have renewed hope. That there does exist, there does exist a, a, a system, if you will, or a way for us to get through the tough stuff of life. And when I say that, for some of you, tough stuff is like a final exam, and for others of you, it's life or death issues. And I, and I understand the spectrum on that when I say tough stuff. But what I'm, what I'm telling you is that what we're reading here is that Jesus is suggesting to us there is a way that you do not have to succumb, you do not have to give in or give up or be overwhelmed by all the tough things of life that get dealt to you, that there is hope within the words of what Jesus has to say. No matter what that tough stuff is for you, Jesus is going to offer to us, here's a way or a system, if you will, to do what I say here. So here's the thing. What Jesus is saying is that to face some of life's toughest challenges, it becomes a matter of who do you trust or what do you trust. When you're facing the toughest challenges that you face, and we talk about we have a house over here and then we have our storm up here, and the idea that when the storms of life come, does our house stay or does our vision stay, does our career stay, does our plan stay, does our life stay intact? And really, it comes down to when I am facing the most difficult times, who or what do I trust? What do I lean into? What's my default behavior? What's my natural tendency? And where do I get that from? 
And here's what I want to say, and this is all I'm going to say this morning. I'm going to say it in different ways, but this is what I want to say. At the beginning, middle, and end of the day, God is in charge and what he wants goes. The beginning, middle, and end of the day, God is in charge and what he wants goes. And, and you might think, well, that's really simple. Yeah, it is really simple. It's really easy too, right? Right. It is really difficult actually to do this. At the beginning, middle, and end of the day, God is in charge. God is in charge, and what he wants goes. And this morning is really going to be a matter of a, a question of authority for you. Who do I trust, and how much do I trust them? How much am I willing to offer this trust or this confidence to God? So, as we lay it out here in verses 24 to 27, Jesus says this. He says, therefore... Final conclusion of his message to these people. Therefore, everyone who hears, then he gave me the message title right here, these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And as our kids sang, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock question is what the rock is. Verse 26, and, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand and the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and the house, do it with me, the house on the sand went, do it with me, splat. Woo, that wasn't very good. This is our last time doing this for a long time. Let's do it again together. The house on the sand went, splat. Awesome. Thank you. That's what happens to the house on the sand. The house on the sand goes flat. And we've said, I've said over and over again, that the only difference between the rock people and the sand people is what? Awesome. That's good. That's right. Is what they did, right? That everybody hears. The sand people, the people who build their house on the sand, they hear. And the rock people, they hear too. But the rock people do something about it. Right? So here's, to illustrate that, here's, here's what I have. And this is going to be fun. I have not, not tested this out yet, so let's see how this goes. It's kind of like Jesus saying, um, listen, everybody hears. Everybody can, can hear what is right. Um, but the thing with hearing is it's really a, a, an attaining or a grasping of knowledge. And we know in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, Paul says, uh, knowledge puffs like this. So knowledge takes me to a place where I feel like I know what to do. So knowledge, kind of get a little more knowledge. Some people have bigger balloons and some have smaller balloons, right? And we get a certain amount of knowledge in our life and it kind of puffs up like this and it fills our brain with all kinds of things. But, but here's this, this is like the sand people. Here's the knowledge people. Because we know that life, as you kind of bounce around the hallways of life and the, the path of life, sometimes people leave nails out. Sometimes they leave out hot, dipped, galvanized shingle nails that happen to be along the way. Now, I don't know if you know what's going to happen, but let's just say that in a tough spot of life and you're kind of going along and you didn't see it coming and you're... But I thought I knew what to... I thought I knew what to do when I hit that spot. But I, I, heard, I heard a message on that. 
But I read, I read a book about that. And I, I went to a seminar on that thing, and someone told me, and someone had lunch with me, and they, they prayed for me, and they told me what I should do. And I heard, I heard. Let me, let me try that again. So I'm thinking about dating somebody, and someone once told me that it's good to have dating boundaries. So I read a book on boundaries. And then I went to a conference, so I read another book, um, maybe I read Kiss Dating Goodbye or something like that. Then I didn't like it. <laughs> so I decided to double date, and I, I'm reading some more stuff on dating, and just kind of getting an overall perspective on what's going on in the dating world. And I know, because I think Solomon talks about, um, do not arouse or awaken love until it so desires. And so this idea that if you arouse or awaken love, marital love before it so desires is a bad thing. Good, I even memorized that verse. So I have a lot of knowledge about what I'm supposed to do in the dating world. And then, whoa, she looks good. Man, he's hot. But, but no, I read, I read something somewhere. But, wow. And then... <laughs> Sometimes it takes a while. Hearing is not enough, is it? Filling my brain is not enough. And I could, I could do more. Okay, let me, let, me do, let me do a little bit more, just for fun. You know, what was that? <laughs> we have people contributing now. This is good. But hey, this is what we do for everything, right? I mean, I, I heard about how to build a good business, right? You know, I, we talk about having our business be missional or having a purpose for our employees. and We want to make sure that we match some donations. You know, they give and we give, and so we're kind of a... Someone once said that's a good idea to do in a business. and We want to be service-oriented, not just be about the, the bottom line. Reading a lot of books about leadership and all that, our company leaders went away. Need to make sure it's big enough this time. <laughs> and then, you know, and then we just faced a crisis. We faced a crisis of leadership. We didn't know quite what to do, but we read a lot of books about it, and then we kind of walked into this problem. That one was better. <laughs> and hearing alone doesn't ever work, does it? But we think it does because it fills us with this kind of, this deceit of knowledge that makes me think, I, I know what I'm doing. Man, I've been in church forever. What do you mean I don't know what to do? Man, I've read the books. I mean, what do you mean I don't know what to do? And Jesus is saying, listen, the sand people, this is what, you build your house on the sand, this is what it's going to be like. And then you take people like this, and this is um, the people who bring the lumber, bring the wood. These are the doing people. And the doing people have created a toughness to their life, um, a solidity to their life. They've made some really difficult decisions, and you know people like this who... Um, I'm married to one of them who likes to run a lot, and even this morning when it's dark and misty out, uh, went for a five-mile run for reasons beyond the normal human's comprehension. But here's what happens. You, you wake up in the morning, and it's 5.30 in the morning, and here's the name. I mean, it's so early. Like, I've heard that it's a good idea to exercise, but pop, not this morning. But if I develop a habit of doing it, if I develop a habit of doing it, and I, I roll over and it says 5.30, it's going to leave a mark 
I can see the mark. It's going to leave a mark. It's going to hurt a little bit. But I'm still going to do it, and it's not going to ruin my life. Why? Because the discipline creates a new you, if you will. The doing creates a solidity to your life that hearing never will. It's just that doing is hard. But it allows you, oh man, that girl is good looking, that guy is hot, and man, I know the boundaries and all that, but I'm going to choose not to, and I'm going to run into that temptation, but oh, that's going to leave a mark to say no and leave, but I have to. Okay, I've been marked by that, but I've left. Because I've done it. I've done it. It's what James talks about in James chapter 1, in verse, verses 22 to 25. James essentially lays out this, this foolishness of of a man or a woman looking in a mirror and then walking away from it, knowing that something needs to change and not doing anything about it. And he says in verse 22, he says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. This morning is very, very simple, guys. This morning is very, very simple. Don't merely listen and deceive and puff up my knowledge. I know, I know more, I know more. I read more, I read more, I read more. I came and I listened and I, and I was always paying attention. I even took notes. I know, I know, I know, I know. Don't merely listen and so deceive yourself into thinking, ah, oh, I've got something that I don't really have. He says, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking goes away and forgets what he looks like. Who does that, right? Who does that? This act of doing develops this routine of habit creation in my life and your life. It creates kind of a, a place where I've moved away simply from thinking this is a good idea to actually to doing. And the more that I do, and you know this, right, because you developed habits that you didn't have a year or two or three ago. When you develop the new habit, it takes that time of doing until, boom, it gets established. And 5.30 in the morning rolls around, and it might be raining outside or misting, but you're going to go for that run. Why? Because you developed the habit. A year or two ago, you just believed it was a good idea. Now, in the act of doing, you create a context in which your heart and your mind is going to do things that otherwise you weren't going to do. And this is what Jesus says. It's not rocket science. It just is not. This is so simple. This is so simple. But it's so hard. It's so simple. Hearing versus doing. It's so hard. Jesus goes on. Verses 28 to 29. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. When Jesus had finished, the crowds were like, yeah, that's okay. The crowds were amazed at his teaching because he had authority. And so here's, here's the deal. And here's going to be the difference between the hearing and the doing people. And, and you know this already. And that is you are only going to do something if you think that the person who you are listening to has more authority than you do on it. Example, if I had... Um, Let's say Tom Brady, walk in the door right here and, and teach you how to throw a football. Would you listen to him or me if I gave you instruction on it? Right? Right. If I had Kent Gaiman come up and tell you how to coach third base, or me, I mean, really, Kent Gaiman is our church authority on coaching third base, right? 
If I had Dale Hoover come up here and tell you how to build a building or me tell you how to do it, it wouldn't take long for you to understand that I can't even pop a balloon with a nail sometimes and Dale can build a building. <laughs> the, the, the matter is, if, if I don't trust the authority, I'm not going to listen to them. Obviously, right? It's very simple. And this is where the people are like, hey, well, he seems to have authority that, that I don't have. And this is going to be the issue for you and for me. The doing, guys, the doing is not about, I never thought about that before. I never knew that I shouldn't be angry at people. I never knew that I should stay married. I never thought it would be a good idea to be generous with my money. That's a new concept. No. Our response to doing is in direct relation to how much authority that I am willing to give God in my life. How much authority I'm willing to acknowledge God has over my life. We believe that God's will is most clearly revealed in the Bible. That God has already given to us many, many great ideas, many, many um, of, of, of his ideals that he has given to us related to all kinds of things we're going to talk about in a minute. And the, the issue is simply, I just don't believe it. When, it. when it comes down to it, when it comes down to it, man, that girl looks good, that guy's hot, and I'm just, I'm kind of struggling with authority. Who's in charge in that moment, me or God? And my business, like that that if I make that decision, I'm looking at a whole nother sector coming into business, all kinds of income stream, but it's a little shady, and who's in charge there, God or, or me? And, and I'm thinking about my marriage, and I know that I could step into that as a husband or a wife, but oh, it's so hard, and I've never done it, and by the way, no one's ever taught me how, so I don't know what to do, and who's really in charge, God or me? I mean, all of these things are coming down to authority. Do I believe in the heat of the moment that God is in charge and I'm not? And this is what the people are responding to. They're amazed at the authority that he has. And Jesus says, listen, it's simple. You want, you want hope for the nails that are going to come and going to scrape you, scratch you, attempt to puncture your life? Do. Do, do, do. Not just hear and listen. Do these things. And so this is what I want for us this morning. This is a little different than we normally do. Um, what I want for us is a time of reflection this morning, because this is a very practical message. And we've heard this, this is very simple. What I've done for you, and Pastor Joel, this is his idea actually, um, we were talking about how to kind of nail this down and bring this down, um, and he came up with the idea, I like it a lot, of bringing the last like 15 messages, if you will, down into one simple piece of paper um, that I can give to you. And so we've done that. In the middle, if, you, if you're sitting in the middle of your pew, you will find, and some of you already found them, there's some papers that are behind a hymn book or a Bible or whatever it is. And you can grab those right now and start to pass them around your aisle, and they can go back and forth on your aisle. And what this paper is is an attempt uh, to encapsulate the last, um, really, 15 weeks of, if you don't have enough, there's look ahead in front or behind you, there should be enough papers there, to encapsulate what in the world have we been teaching and talking about. And here's what I'm going to want you to do. I'm going to want you... On the second half of this, I want you to interact this morning. I'm going to give you moments this morning in, in this service to respond to what you see and to really ask the question, God, what do I need to do, not just what do I need to hear? And so we're going to tick over these really briefly here. We've talked at the very beginning in Matthew chapter 5 uh, on down about the issue of identity that that I am salt and light, and therefore, because of my identity, I ask, how and where can I serve? This is the salt that makes the community taste better, makes the people around you better, if you will. 
the light is this public recognition that God is in control, that Jesus is here to serve. All right? Morality. Jesus says in here, hey, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees, you won't enter the kingdom of heaven. We talked about righteousness goes deeper and not farther. Therefore, I ask, how do I love my king? Instead of how do I serve my king? How am I here to love my king? Getting along with one another. Now, this is where we talked about anger and sacrifice, where Jesus said, hey, all of you have said you haven't murdered anybody, good for you, but if you've ever been angry in your heart towards somebody, it's as good as murder. We've said that kingdom people go out of their way to make a way. If you remember the image in that message, Jesus said, hey, if you're going to Jerusalem to offer your sacrifice, and they remember, oh yeah, I'm upset with somebody, leave it there and come back. And if you remember, I'm sure you do, I'm sure you remember this about a year ago when we talked about this, that Jesus was saying, We're in Galilee, and that's 80 miles away, so you have already walked a week to make your sacrifice. Walk a week back to make up with that person you're upset with, and then go another week, and then come back and offer your your deal. So this is a big deal. Go out of your way to make things right with people that you're upset with or you think are kind of not quite right with you. It is a big deal to make that right. Sexual temptation. It's a heart issue that cannot be managed. In other words, it can't just be suppressed, and I'm going to kind of control that, I'm going to, man- I'm going to push that down, and that's going to go away if I just manage it. No, it needs to be killed. We need to help one another live in the light, is what we talked about. This is not something that you can or that I can just kind of push under and hope it goes away for this weekend. And, oh, it came back next weekend, bummer. Like, I, I know maybe next weekend it won't if I push a little harder. It's not going to work. It can't be managed that way. It is too strong and powerful for that. It needs to be killed. And so we can't do it alone. We have to live in the light with one another. Marriage. We talked about here, remember why you're in before you look for an out. This simple idea of why in the world do you get married in the first place? What is the point? We talked about the big idea of, of God's ideal design for marriage and remembering that before you begin to think of all the reasons why your marriage isn't quite right and why he's such a loser and she's such a loser and all that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Why are we in this in the first place? Uh-huh. Integrity. Your yes be yes and your no be no. We said when your yes or no becomes maybe or maybe not, everyone loses. Related to serving others, we said this, that the kingdom people do the right thing and not the rights thing. If you remember there, we talked about this idea that um, in, in, in the, the, the Roman rule at the time, if the Roman soldier were to come to you and say, I need you to carry my sword for a mile, you would have to do that. And it would, it would really kind of grate it against your independence as a man or a woman. And Jesus says, if someone asks you to go one mile, go with them two. But wait a minute, wait a minute. seriously, like, it's my right only to go one mile. And Jesus is like, no, 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 don't. Think about your right. Think about what's right. Don't think about your rights. Think about what's right. Kingdom people do the right thing and not the rights thing. Talk about loving enemies. Treating those who are most unlike you like those who are most like you. Everyone loves their neighbor, but not everyone loves their enemies. And this is what Jesus says. We talked about the heart. That a life lived outside in is inside out. The idea of praying, fasting, and giving in, in our private practice, not just in a corporate setting, that our spiritual lives are really a reflection of what we do privately, and then it comes to be something we do together. We talked about money, that generosity should define our financial strike zones. We talked about storing up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not corrupt. We talked about worry. Worry is a choice to live in fear that you don't need to make because your heavenly Father knows. He knows what? He knows. He, he's God. He knows. He knows everything. 
Worry is a choice that I don't need to make, that you don't need to make because our Heavenly Father knows. Judging, we talked about how we judge people is how they judge Jesus. My, the way I look at you, the way I judge you is how you're going to judge Jesus, not just judge me. This golden rule concept that I will treat you like I think God treats me. Talk there about ask, seek, and knock um, on the door and then do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. That I need to give to you the kind of service and kind of uh, care and attention that, that God is going to give me. I'm going to treat you like I think God treats me. And we talked last week, uh, true and false in a sense, that Jesus offers an inclusive invitation to an exclusive salvation. In other words, Jesus invites everybody to believe in him alone for salvation. He invites everybody to invite, excuse me, to trust in him alone for salvation. And this week, at the beginning, middle, and end of the day, God is in charge. Now, see, we could have done all that in one message. You're like, what took you 15 weeks? There you go. Quick blast here for you, just to kind of refresh your mind. Now, 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 now. What I want you to do, because a lot of times we just come and listen, and then we go on, and we kind of hope that people connect and it gains traction. I don't really want to do that today. Today, I want it to gain traction somewhere in your life, in your heart. And so it's going to be kind of weird maybe for some of you. Others are like, good, finally, I get to do something in church. I want you to interact with this on the back side, not the back side of the paper, but on the bottom of the paper. The bottom of the paper, you see the questions here um, that are listed out. And I'd like you to, what we're going to do is we're going to give you an environment now. In the moment, the worship team is going to come up and just play instrumental through our last song. Um, our final song is uh, on Christ the Solid Rock I Stand. And I don't know what more fitting song we could have than that, that we're going to sing in a few moments. Uh, I'm going to stand on the solid rock of Jesus. A great song for this message and this series. But what I'd like you to do is, while they play through that, I'd like you to work through this bottom piece. If you don't have a pen, there is one in most of your pews on, on the aisle side of your pew. If you don't have one or someone in your pew doesn't have one, you can look for that. Um, if, you, if there's not enough pens for you, then you're just going to have to kind of do your best in your brain to process this. But let me tell you about number one quick, okay? Because I, w- I want to. On a scale of one low to ten high, this is how much authority I'm willing to give God over my life. Now you're sitting there thinking, yeah, but the person next to me is going to see the number that I write, so it should be like really high. You know, and it can't be ten because that's perfect and that's not right, so maybe it should be like eight or nine, but I don't, I don't know, because they're going to look and think, and they're going to judge, and, but I want to be honest, and I, I don't want my pen anyway. I'm going to give it to somebody else. I'm just going to think about it. Here's what I mean by, here's what I mean by this. What, ten is this, this full-on obedience. Ten is, in the, mo- in the heat of the moment, when I just, I would really rather do my thing. I would really rather that I didn't know what God wanted me to do here. I would just want to. But because I know, I'm going to do what he wants. I'm going to do what he wants. This is full-on obedience. That I'm willing to give him authority over every piece of my life. That's what I mean by a ten. And a one is like, who's God? There's a There's a God. There's a moral authority, there's a Bible, there's truth, and man, what is that? Okay, so within that, and, and then really what I want to get after is number two, where's the hesitation? This hesitation went through my mind as I thought about this question, as I think about writing down my commitment in terms of how, how willing am I to allow God to have full authority. 
eee, but that would mean I would need to give up that, and I'm not ready to make that commitment yet. And what hesitation went through your mind? And then you can process the rest of the questions. And really we want to get down to at the end of the time here, um, this is what I need to stop doing. This is what I need to start doing. This is who I'm going to talk to about it, and this is when I'm going to talk to them. Then the final question is really one of ideal. What would it look like? Can you imagine what it would look like in your life if you were to stop doing and start doing one of these things that, that Jesus is speaking about here? These words, this message is not exhaustive, it's not comprehensive, it's not the only plan for your life, but it is enough where Jesus says, hey, when you do these things, this makes a difference. When you do these things, this creates a discipline, it creates a firmness to your life that otherwise we don't have. The difference between sand people and rock people is simply a matter of doing. It's simple, but it's just hard. Take these few moments as the worship team, I'll invite the worship team to come up now. As the worship team comes up now to play, take these moments, reflect on this, give it, give it your honest effort to say, okay, God, what do you want? As I look back over the last 15 weeks, what is it that I need to do? What is it that I need to do, not just here? What is it that I need to do? And what is it that I need to stop doing? Because all of us, all of us, all of us want a life that matters. And Jesus says it's really quite simple. Start doing. Start doing. Let's process this together, and at the end of this, we'll come back together. The worship team will lead us instrumentally, and then they'll lead us into the song together.